Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Baum with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Good to be here today, opening up the Word of God and diving into the truth of His Scripture because it is that lamp, it is that light, it is that, that meal that we have and that table that God has, has provided to spread before us that we can come and partake of those things. Good to be here in the presence of the Lord and in the company of brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies, uh, brought to you by uh, Raven Ministries International. My name is Pastor Troy Bond. I'm the executive director of such, and we're glad that you're here. If you are coming for the first time, we are here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time with a study in the Word of God. Right now, we are in an uh, expository teaching on the Book of Romans. We are, uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, you can pull your Bible out. And uh, we are in the fifth chapter in verse 2 today. Uh, we've had 46 classes up to this point. But uh, don't fret if you've missed any. You can actually go to our website, www.biggrace.com, and you can click on a button for Raven Institute, and it'll take you where you can download every single one of those classes absolutely uh, free of charge. Uh, freely we receive, freely we give. Take and utilize those things uh, and, and learn and utilize those as a tool to get you deeper into the Word of God yourself. And so... Those things are free and they are available to you. And we thank you for, for being with us this morning. And we hope that this is a great experience for you. And it really kind of serves to, to, to catapult you into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And a deeper search through the scriptures as you study to show yourself approved unto God. So good to have you. Once again, any information you want on Raven Ministries, you can go to www.biggrace.com. If you have any questions for myself or, or about the ministry, you can also go there or email me at raven at biggrace.com. I'll be glad to personally answer any questions that you have about our teaching, about the, the, the ministry that we offer, any of the, uh, the, the affiliate ministries that you see on our website. I'd be glad to help you with those as well. We would love to know what God is doing in, in your neck of the woods and uh, how He's using you and how we could help to be a part of that or uh, an encouragement to you in any way. So good to have you this morning. Uh, I know that God has got some good stuff for us today as we come to the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer and just ask for His blessing upon this time. Father, we just thank you for this day because this is your day, Lord God, and we come to rejoice and to be glad in it. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that today your name is high and lifted up, that it's Jesus, Lord God, and Jesus alone. We thank you that we have access to you today because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, God, that you've come, Lord God, to set us free, Lord God, to, to bring us out of captivity, and Lord God, to present us to yourself as a glorious church. Lord God, we ask today for your presence, Lord God, and your Holy Spirit to, to be evident, Lord God, wherever we are today, Lord God, regardless of where we are in this world, as we're listening to this message, we just pray that through the revelation of the Spirit of God and through the, 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 the mind of Christ, that you would just lead and guide us into all truth. We thank you that we have a teacher in the comforter of the Holy Spirit, and that he is working in, Lord God, men and women of faith to, to open our eyes, Lord God, in this last hour to cause our ears to hear and our eyes to see that which the Spirit of God would speak unto His church. Lord God, just make us receptive, make us reservoirs, Lord God, any distractions or anything that the adversary would try to put in our path, Lord God, to, to, to deflect or to deviate us, Lord God, from Your truth. We just bind those things up in the name of Jesus. We cancel out all false and erroneous teaching, Lord God, that the adversary would kind of bring, Lord God. Anything, Lord God, that would, that would take us to another God and away from the truth, Lord God, as Galatians 1 says. We just want to be, Lord God, centered and focused upon you. And we just pray for your blessing upon the body of Christ, upon the churches, Lord God, that, that, that preach your gospel and your name. We just pray for pastors and teachers and leaders, Lord God, that hold fast, Lord God, to the profession of faith, Lord God, into the word of truth. Lord God,
God, those that are struggling, those that are discouraged, Lord God, we just ask today, as we stand in agreement, we pray for those, Lord God, those that are that are touching lives, Lord God, all over this world, feeding the hungry, Lord God, clothing the, the naked, Lord God, taking in the strangers, Lord God, those that are that are preaching holiness and righteousness. Lord, we just pray, Lord God, for just your strength and your, your power upon them. Lord God, those that think that they're just by themselves and there's no one there, we pray today in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would just strengthen them, encourage them. Lord God, you would show them that, that you have not forgotten them, that you've got a, a, a work that you're doing in and through them, Lord God, that's going to have such an impact on the kingdom of God for eternity. We just pray, Lord God, for opportunities to network, Lord God, with them, to connect with our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord God, that they're just looking for, for someone, Lord God, to, 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 to stand with them in, in, in faith, Lord God, and in prayer and in agreement. We just ask, Lord God, for those things to come to pass. We know that in these last days that you're raising up and you're networking people together, Lord God, for a cause greater than any of us as individuals or as our ministries, Lord God, or whatever it is, that you see the body fitly joined together, each one supplying the need of the other. And that's what we want to do, Lord God, in our hearts, in our lives, Lord God, in our churches and in our ministries. We ask, Lord God, that this would just be one of those tools, Lord God, that you use for that. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Folks, I was thinking this morning as I, I sat here early in, in preparation for today's class about something that the Apostle Paul said in his, his letter to the church at Rome. And, you know, he, he said in, in Romans 1.11, and we studied this early on in our, in our teaching, he said, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts so that you might be established. And, and, and really, to be, to be established is that word, the sterizo, and it means to stand firm or to remain constant, to be stable, to have a steadfastness in one's mind. And, and you know, when, he, when Paul came and he talked about spiritual gifts, especially if you come from a spirit-filled background or a charismatic, Pentecostal, you know, you, you hear that word and many, there's an inclination towards this, the, the 12 gifts of the Spirit or the 12 manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit that we, we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But folks, it's really, it goes, it includes uh, the gift of the Word of God that is sown into our hearts as well and, li- and also into our lives. And, and my desire for, for you and for me and for any of those that would participate in this is that the Word of God would find good soil so they could bring forth a great harvest in our lives and in the lives of those who literally each and every one of you is going to take that word and, and teach that word as well. What, what my prayer is and my hope is, is is this will be not just a time of just getting something and, and just leaving it alone, but this will be a time of impartation for you of the word of God that will just cause something to be ignited, be like a seed sown on good soil that's going to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. And that word is going to come out in, in not just abundance, but literally a super abundance that you're going to find yourself preaching with a new zeal, a new fire, a new confidence, a new, a new anointing. Just the, the unction will be upon your life. That it would be like Paul said, and I pray this all the time, Lord God, just give me utterance that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. And, and my prayer is that, and I long, I long to see you, that, that, I, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. And every single day that we come uh, into this environment and we begin to teach, that's my heart and my desire. Lord God, just let somebody get a nugget. Lord God, in, 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 it is... Uh, as clumsy as I may be in my words, Lord God, as, as, as difficult it may be for me to convey what I'm trying to say, Lord God, within that, Lord God, with, within my frailty, within the limitations of my own ability, Lord God, let there be a nugget, let there be something, a seed that is going to be implanted, Lord God, that, that's going to impregnate someone, that they're going to bring forth, Lord God, a manifestation of your power, and that they'll be established, that there'll be a constancy and a, and a firmness and a stability, Lord God, that's going to come upon hearts and minds. Because I believe that within earshot of this message, and, I, and whether that message is... Uh, 
You're here, you're with us live today, or you're hearing it on, on something delayed, whatever it may be. I believe within earshot of that, there is world shakers and history makers for the kingdom. There's people that are going to go and shake nations way beyond the, uh, myself or my contemporaries would ever do it. But there's going to there's be someone that God is raising up and calling in this hour that, that is going to be a, a voice for a generation. That, they, they may be a young voice. They may be an old voice. They may be someone that, is, has, has, that is God has put on a shelf for a while. But I'm believing. It, it may be someone in, in in prison, it may be, be be someone that is that's on Skid Row in Los Angeles, but I believe that God is going to raise up some people and some voices. And, and I've been saying this for literally for years and years and years. I believe that what God is doing in these last days is He is raising up a generation from unlikely places to do supernatural things for the kingdom of God. That way, no one's ever going to be able to look at someone and say it's because of, of the seminary you went to. It's not. It's because of the church you come out of. It's because of the family background. It's because you came out of money or whatever. It is, but it's going to say, surely, you know, it's going to be like the Pharisees said of uh, Jesus' disciples, aren't these just ignorant Galileans? Does, uh, you know, how are they going to speak this? But it says they marveled at them. But folks, they didn't marvel at them because of the miracles. They did many great miracles. It, it mar- they marveled at them because of the words that they spoke. And see, folks, the words that they spoke were the words that Christ had spoken to them. We say this every program. Get into God's Word. God's Word will get into you. And if we get that Word in our heart and we allow that Word to flow out, that is a Word literally that changes, that changes uh, uh, cities and changes neighborhoods, changes nations. It, it, it topples powers and principalities. But we've got to get that Word and, and put it in our hearts and in our lives. But the Word of God says, if our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost. Folks, we, we, we're coming and we're coming to the table of the Lord not to just feast and to get fat upon the Word of God, but we're coming to get equipped for every good work, to go and change the world for the cause of Jesus Christ. But I long that I, I come and I might be able to impart unto you something. So, those, and I, and I believe, and I'll say it again, those that you are listening today, I believe that you are going to be inter, uh, instrumental in changing the, the world tomorrow. And so I encourage you to remain steadfast in the, in the Word of God and, and be immovable in, in regards to the things spoken by the Word of Truth. And just allow yourselves to be saturated and encompassed about by that unchanging Word of the living God. And, and say, God, just give, give me an overflowing of the Spirit of Truth. And let, let me have an expectancy to shake the very gates of hell through the powerful preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Not just to come and hear it, but to be it and to do it and to know it. Because folks, you're His workmanship and you have been, are, are, are being refined and you're being reloaded, literally, for an intense and powerful work that I believe is about to bust loose in your lives all over this world. And, and so really what you've got to do is begin to position yourself for the miraculous hand of God to come upon you and to impart His presence in a new and fresh way today. Amen and amen. I'll leave it at that. So I want to welcome a couple of people. What brother, brother Cal uh, from uh, Lift Jesus Higher Fellowship in the Philippines has been coming on and downloading our messages and using those in the Philippines. We get some emails from him and the pastor Bobar, I believe how you said, actually telephoned me yesterday from India, and he has been uh, he's been listening to these and passing those around as well. But he called and he's actually invited us to come and and teach something like this in this format. Uh, over the course of a conference or something in India sometime. And so uh, we'll be praying about those doors of opportunity that, that have been opened and presented themselves to us. And uh, maybe some of you folks will want to come. Maybe we can go to the Philippines and, and teach a, a, a Raven Institute for a week or go to India and do those type of things. But it's going to take each and every one of us being a part of that. So 
Praise God that you guys are being equipped for the work of the ministry and doing those type of things for the kingdom. So uh, welcome my brother, Pastor Cal and Pastor Bobar from uh, the Philippines and from India. Appreciate you guys uh, downloading these things and listening and making those things available to people in your, your nations and your communities as well. It's a, it's a blessing to be able to, to utilize this type of technology and to invest that in you guys' lives as well. So we welcome you guys. Romans chapter 5. Folks, this is, this is some good... Good stuff right here. You know, I talked about uh, all these previous chapters, the, the intensity of the first three. Then kind of chapter four was a time to kind of just kind of gather ourselves up and say, listen, folks, it's, it's by faith. Then we get into this, this, this Romans chapter five. And, and yesterday we talked about Romans five one where it says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace uh, uh, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Or, 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 or therefore having established the fact that, that we have been acquitted of and will never face double jeopardy for past sins because of our moral conviction of the truthfulness of God, which is what faith is, we now have peace. Or, or we now have actually two kinds of peace, justifying peace with God that came the moment I repented, believed, and accepted Him, and the sanctifying peace in God as I grow and walk in holiness towards God as I stay steadfast in my relationship with Him. This is all accomplished through my unwavering faith in the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ, in living and dying and rising again for my behalf. That's the Pastor Troy kind of amplified version or synopsis of Romans chapter 5. And so, listen, folks, we, we have been justified. We've, we've been established. We've, we've been acquitted of all those crimes. We've been declared not guilty. He has been the, the one that stood up in the courtroom and has declared that, that, that the case has been dismissed, the charges have been thrown out because of the blood of Jesus. And, 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 and we've, we've got that through our moral conviction of the truthfulness of God. He came and He presented the case of His blood. And when He called the star witness, He set up on the stand. And, and instead of His open His mouth, He in testifying, he opened his hands and testified. And, 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 and when they saw the nail-scarred hands, they, they had to throw out the case. And they said, all the charges against them. We find the defendant not guilty because of the blood of Jesus. And so that's what we're yeah, that's where we're at today. And so verse, uh, verse 5 and really the, the four, uh, four previous chapters, really, they, they kind of serve as the qualifying statements for what we're about to discover in this next verse. And folks, verse... Uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 2 is just a, a verse that I get excited about because there's so much in it I think that when we uh, that, that's, that it would be easy to miss if we really just do not kind of just, just get into it and begin to really look at it. So let's get into Romans 5 uh, 2 today. And I want you to see something I believe that's really going to be powerful to you. And, and he says this. I'm going to read verse 1 and I'm going to read right into verse 2. He said, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also, somebody say also, also we have access. Folks, listen, we don't stop at the, at the fact of the matter that, that, that we have peace through God. Whether that's justifying peace or sanctifying peace that we've talked about. With justifying peace means that we're with, it's a peace or, uh, with, with God. Sanctifying peace is the peace of God. And so if you missed the class yesterday, you know, when you get saved initially, you have, you, you have a peace, or, uh, which is through justification, that's with God. That you, you know you're saved. And you, you know that you're not going to go to hell. But then there's the sanctifying peace that comes, and it's the peace of God. And it's, it's the peace that, that, that goes beyond just not having to go to hell. But it's a peace that, 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 that 
that completely goes past our, our level of understanding and comprehension. It's one that takes us through the hard places. It takes us through the trials. It, it takes us through the times of difficulty. And so, but even beyond that, we have we have that. But he said, but also, and so there's a but also that's coming, folks. Listen. God didn't intend for us to just kind of get saved and just kind of sit somewhere and not do anything. He didn't didn't intend for us to just kind of get saved and and maybe go and sit somewhere for two hours on a Sunday and maybe a couple hours on a Wednesday night. That was not what He intended. And so if we we just stopped there, maybe that's all it would be. Maybe we would get saved, we wouldn't go to hell, and there would be something, kind of the the peace of God, and, and man, we'd kind of be nice and we'd have some victory. But folks, listen, there is something that God has for, for us that is so much more for that. More than that. There's, there's an empowerment. There's an enablement. There's a revelation of Himself that God desires for that. And that's what we're going to see in verse, uh, in verse 2. He says, But whom also we have access by faith into His grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So I want to deal with these, these uh, what, five words. One, two, three, four, five. That says, By whom we have access. And so folks, All those things were justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have access. That is, we have been given a favorable admission or a free pass into His presence. That's what that word access means. That we have access that because of the Lord Jesus Christ, because we have peace with Him, both justifying peace and sanctified peace, what those things are done is those things are combined together and we've been given a favorable admission or a free pass into His presence. As I was reading this and studying this, something came to mind, and it was very interesting. It's out of the book of Esther. You know, Esther was that Jewish orphan that was that was, that was brought into the, 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 the Persian kingdom under King Xerxes around 500 B.C. And she was she was a Jewish girl that hid her identity as a Jew. And, and, and most of you know the, the story of Esther. I believe that they had a, a full-length motion picture uh, recently that got put out. I haven't seen it, so I couldn't comment on the motion picture. But it was about Esther and how she came in and the, 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 one of the, the, the king's uh, leaders, uh, Haman, uh, desired to see all the Jews killed. But Esther, through the, the, the teaching and through the uh, proclamation and the, the, really the encouragement of her uncle Mordecai, told her, listen, you've been called into the kingdom for a time such as this. Listen, God has, has placed you into that place that, that you're going to uh, replace uh, the, the, the queen Vashti who failed the king, that you're going to have access to the king. Uh, that you might speak on behalf of the Jewish people. So she, she had that access, and most of you know that story of that. But I want you to look, listen to something. I'm going to read from the book of Esther, chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. Just to kind of a side note, something to think about. I don't know if you knew about it, but there's only one book in the Bible out of the 66 books of the canon of Scripture that does not even mention God once. And it's the book of Esther. And you may not even know that. Esther does not even mention God one time, but really what it is, because of who it was written to in that Persian place, it shows the providence of God upon God's people. So it's interesting to note, and just kind of a side note there, that Esther doesn't even mention God, but it shows a picture of how God just providentially moves in our lives. And so here's what he said in Esther chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. He says, Now it happened, don't you love it when things happen? He said, now it happened on the third day. And don't you love it when things happen on the third day? Think about this. And I want you to hear what I'm saying today because this is going to give you a type of, of what we're talking about in Romans 5.2. We have access because of the blood of Jesus. So now it happened on the third day. 
And so on the third day, what happened? Jesus rose from the dead. So keep all these things in mind. We, we talk about all the time allowing Scripture to interpret Scripture. And many times we'll go back and we'll look at the Old Covenant and we'll see the types and the shadows and the, 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 the pictures that were drawn from those people's lives that, that were literally alluding to the things that were going to be happening under the New Covenant. It says, said, Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace across from the king's house. And while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house facing the entrance of the house, so it was, somebody say so it was, that when the, uh, the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, that she found favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther his golden scepter and, that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said to her, he said, What do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you even up to half of my kingdom. Folks, okay, consider this for just a second. We're studying Romans 5.2 today. Esther 5.2. Do you hear me? Romans 5.2. Esther 5.2 is a picture, is a picture of Romans 5.2. And you're going to see that as, I, as I, we look at that again. The King Jesus literally held out His scepter and has invited us or given us access because He has seen us standing there in our royal Garments. Do you see that? Let me read Esther 5.2. So it was when the king saw Queen Esther, we're called to be the bride of Christ, standing in the court that she found favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. And Esther went near and touched the top of that scepter. Folks, Jesus is our king. He is the, the bridegroom. And we're that bride. And it says that when Esther came, she came with those, those royal garments. Jesus has clothed us with the, with the robes of righteousness. There's been that time of, of preparation. And in, in times past that our, our identity was hidden, our name though has now been changed. It has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Why we were orphaned, why we were, we were fatherless, why we, we, we were of our father the devil, why we were dis, disposed to wickedness. He brought us in. He found us in the midst of our calamity just like he, Esther was found and brought into that place. And there was a time of preparation that she went through. There was a time of, of, of coming before the throne room of grace. There was a time of that, that, that justifying peace. There was a time of that sanctifying peace. Are you with me today? Are you hearing what I'm talking about? And so that picture, it, it translates into that. What's so interesting, and, and so you see the providential hand of God even in the, the translators. Folks, listen, when, when, when Esther was written, when, when the book of Romans was written, there was no chapter breaks in that. But if you see just how God works things out that Romans uh, 5.2 is such a, a distinct picture of Esther 5.2. That, that what Esther, the book of Esther leaves out in mentioning God, Romans is smack dab full of those type of things, but it's bringing the clarity of the shadow back into the light and the revelation and the realization of what God wants to show us. And so he held out the king, held out his scepter, and she came in and she touched it. And, and he said, What do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given unto you, even up to the kingdom. She received that access. She received that, that place. Or, 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 or she had been given a favorable admission or a pass into His presence. Folks, I want, I want to say something to you today. And you need to write this down in your notes. Access promises answers. Access promises answers. You know, people have said, you know, uh, what was it years ago when... Uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton was the president for eight years in the United States. People always talked about, you know, Hillary being the president back then. Uh, and they said it because she had access to him. 
Many of the things that, uh, that the president did, a lot of people uh, attributed them to, to Hillary Clinton. Now, what do you see? She, you see her running for, for president on the, uh, in the primaries on the Democratic side. But the thing about it is she had access to the president because she was married to the president. Today, uh, uh, George Bush, his, 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 his wife has access to him because of who it is. You know, he has people that may come into the Oval Office, may come to a certain meeting place within the White House, but the person that, that lays down beside him at night and, and talks to our President Bush is, is the person that is his wife that's most intimate. She knew him before he was president. She, she's known him intimately. She's produced offspring from, from him. There's a, she has an access to him, an intimate access to know him, to see him, to know his heart, to know the character of that individual. Why? Because uh, of that, that marriage that has been brought, she's been given favorable admission and, and a free pass into his presence. I guarantee she doesn't have to ask the Secret Service for access. She does not have to get uh, a special clearance to come to him. Why? Because of who she is to him. Folks, we are the exact same way in Christ Jesus. Because we have been justified. Because by faith we have peace through God. Now we have that, that access to him that we can come to him because of our relationship to him and folks because we have access we can get the answers some of you might have said to yourself man i'd like to ask the president this i'd like to ask this person that folks listen with christ jesus we now have access we can come and he has extended his scepter to us as his bride he's extended himself and there's an open welcome invitation that he has invited us to him and now when we ask him something He'll answer. That when we call upon Him, He is near. When we seek Him, we shall find Him. Think about this, Psalms 91, 14-16. Psalms 91, 14-16. It says, Because He set His love upon me. Folks, you're sitting there today. I'm sitting here today as people that have had the love of God sat upon us. We're people that God has rested His love upon us through, through salvation in Jesus Christ through the transformation of the blood. Therefore, He says, Will I deliver Him? I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. Folks, when you call upon him, he will answer him. Why? Because you now have access unto him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and I will show him my salvation. I will bring him to that place of revelation. I will bring him to that place of realization. I will, and I'll bring you ultimately to that place of proclamation. That you're going to come and you're going to get the answer and you're going to go out and proclaim those things to other people that need an answer. That's why the Word tells us to be ready at all times to give an answer to anyone that would ever ask of you that, that hope of glory, a reason for that hope, a, a, a reason for salvation, that you'll have that answer. Why? Because we have been given access. Isaiah 65, 24, it says this, and it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass, that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Folks, listen, once you have access, there's a place, there's a place of intimacy and closeness in Christ Jesus. He's saying, listen, before you can even ask, He says, I'm going to call. That before you can even call, he said, I'm going to answer. And before you can even speak, I'm already going to hear. 
You know, Melanie and I, and I've shared the testimony of her and I met as in high school as first love and in in uh at sixteen years old and uh dated uh through high school and at nineteen years old we, we got married and now we've been married twenty one years, I guess, in November, so we've we've grown up together, we we've known one another. But when I first met her, you know, here I was just a sixteen year old boy and here she was a sixteen year old girl and, and boy I was trying to get her attention, I was trying to do th- I didn't know her. I didn't know her family, I didn't know her background, I didn't know what she liked. I didn't know what she didn't like. I didn't know what hurt her. I didn't know what, what, what encouraged her. I didn't know anything about her. All I knew is that, man, I had my sights set on her, and, and I was smitten by her. I, I desired to, 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 for, to, for her to, to, to be mine. And so I do all these things. But, folks, listen, after 21 years, listen, before she calls, I answer. Be, 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 before she yet speaks, I already hear and vice versa. I, I can just tell by a change in her in her in her facial expression what she's thinking. I can see her dislikes and her, her and her, her likes just by a change in her countenance or, or just by her body language. Why? Because I'm familiar with her. And folks, that's the same thing that when we have access to him, when we move past just that peripheral type of attitude towards him, that we when we, we, we realize that we're justified by faith, that we come to that place and we have a, a peace beyond justification, that we have a, a peace that brings sanctification and intimacy and holiness, and it brings us to that place of, of knowing God. That way we don't find ourselves tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine in the, in the, in the slide and the, uh, the cunning craftiness of men. But what we do is we, we know His voice and He knows us. And, and so what happens is, is you're able to walk in a greater responsiveness to the voice of God. I hear people all the time, you know, you say something and, and they say, well, man, I just don't know. I'm going to have to pray about that. And you talk to them a, a week later, well, I, man, I just don't know. I'm going to have to pray about that. I'm going to have to see what the Lord says. Folks, listen, what God desires us to get to that place is a, is a place of instant access. Do you hear me? Coming to a place of such intimacy. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to pray without seeking. You know, uh, without, uh, pray without ceasing, excuse me. What, what that means is, right here, Romans 5.2, to come to that place of unabated access. That there's not a place, well, well when's your prayer time? Well, my prayer time's all the time. So when's your, 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 your time of intimacy with Christ? All the time. Listen, the Bible talks about a marriage covenant. It says that you no longer shall be one flesh, that you shall be two. And what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Then we, he tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, he gives us the example of the marriage covenant. And he says, but listen, I speak to you a mystery. He said, I, don't, he said, I speak of Christ and His church. Folks, listen, when we come to Christ, li- literally, what our relationship to be, with Him should be a bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh relationship. There should be no, uh, there should be no separation. There should be no deviation. But there should also always be just a consummation of that thing day by day, day by day, hour by hour. We should abide in Him. And folks, when we have, when we come to really, really a revelation of that access into this place that we're going to be talking about further this morning, when we come to that place of access, then we get an understanding. Then when we call upon Him, what does He say? I hear. When before you can even speak, 
He says, I'm answering you. I'm already answering. So when, when, when somebody says, hey, man, well, here's what we're going to do. Man, this is what I believe God's saying. So what do you think? Boom. Man, because the, you, you have the ear of God, because you have access into that, it's almost like an instantaneously uh, response and access into the voice and the Word of God. Folks, that's what God wants us to do. To do. It's not that every time that we've got to see the, 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 the writing in the, in, the, in the sky writing in the clouds or that the, uh, something's got to be spelled out in 16 words of, of affirmation or confirmation. Man, when He speaks, because we are inclined and in, in, in our, our ears are tuned to the voice of the Lord and to, to, to what He says and, and to His desires for us, it's right there. We're hearing the voice of God. We know the voice of God. We're at that place of understanding the place of God. Folks, that is access. Where access is, answers our promise. Promise. But folks, this access, here's what it says. I want to read that verse again. It says, By whom we also have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The access is always by faith. Access is by faith. Folks, everything in relationship to the kingdom of God is accomplished and accessed through one entrance, and that is faith. And so if we're going to access something or enter anything regarding the kingdom of God, this place that we're talking about today that we're going to get into uh, uh, today in the last half of this verse, everything that we access is going to be accessed by faith. Think about this, Romans 3.24, that, that we receive the propitiation through faith. Galatians 3.14, the promise of the Holy Spirit comes through faith. Hebrews 6.12 tells us that we receive an inheritance through faith. Hebrews 11.3 says, uh, Through faith we understand the worlds that were framed by God, by His Word. Hebrews 11.11, Through faith Sarah received strength to conceive. Through faith men such as Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, Sam, uh, David and Samuel subdued kingdoms, they worked righteousness, they obtained promises, and they stopped the mouths of lions. Uh, Hebrews 11.39, Through faith we obtain a good report. First uh, Peter 1.5, Through faith we are kept by the power of God. I'll give you those references again. Romans 3.24, Galatians 3.14, Hebrews 6.12, Hebrews 11.3, uh, Hebrews 11.11, Hebrews 11.33, Hebrews 11.39, and First Peter 1.5. So folks, listen. Salvation, the promises of God, the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus as heirs together with Him, our understanding, the strength that we obtain through Him, any victory, good report, overcoming. All of these are powerful things, but all of these things are obtained through faith. But I'm of the opinion that there's a greater benefit even than any of these, if you can imagine that. Uh, and that is just having access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords at any time, day or night, that we need to call upon Him. Folks, all those things individually are great. But just like Esther adorned herself in her royal robes, what we have been clothed with through faith is the garment of salvation and He has extended to us that invitation of access to reside in that place of intimacy with Him at any time. That's the power of God. That's the benefit and the power of access. Folks, it would be one thing to say, okay, I'm going to give you an audience. You know, I, uh, what's his name? The uh, very rich man. I can't think of his name right offhand. But he owns like an investment, uh, something, uh, Hathaway. I can't think of the guy's investment. A multi-billionaire. But one thing that he does every year, there's some type of contest or something he does with, a, with someone coming out of college. And he grants them an afternoon lunch and access to him. And they'll say, uh, and people will say, you know what, if you could win something, would you like a million dollars or would you like three hours of access to this man? 
And everybody always says, I'd like the access. Because just giving access, $1 million would come and go. But having access to the guy that not just was able to give you knowledge to, to, to make a million, but a guy that has made tens of billions of dollars. Folks, it's the same thing. A lot of people want to come and they just want to get something from God in a moment. They want a momentary victory. They want a momentary provision. They want a momentary peace. They want a momentary touch, a healing. They want a momentary answer. Rather than saying, God, you know what? All those things are fine and good. But God, what I desire from you is an unabated access into your presence any time that I want to come before you. Now, folks, there's where the power is. There's where the, the realization of the person, there's where the intimacy is. Not just to be able to come periodically or momentarily or, or, or come on, on particular occasions, but literally to have access that is unrestrained by any situation that we can come to Him. I, I was reading today out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, and 61.10, Isaiah 61.10, and, and this, this is so powerful to me. And it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. Folks, listen. Queen Esther, we saw in, in, in Esther uh, 5, 1 and 2, he says that she came and she put on her royal robes. And folks, it's the exact same way. We have access because we put on the royal robes of righteousness. Now listen to that again. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robes of righteousness. We used to sing that as a kind of as a, a, a chorus. And we said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robes of righteousness. Now think about that, folks. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. What does that do, folks? It allows me to come unabated into His presence. To come and to know that He's going to hear me. That He's going to answer me. That He's going to understand me. That there's going to be no separation. There's not going to be anybody that I'm going to have to go between. Why? Because I have access to Him through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, The Sovereign Lord reigns and He will make righteousness and praise spring up before all the nations. Folks, listen. We've got an unabated pathway through faith to the presence of God. Access to abide and to be intimate with Him. Now I'm going to ask you a question this morning. What do we have access to, or better yet, where does this access take us to? And, and what can we expect into that place? And here's the answer for you. Ask yourself the question. We've got access. Where, where's it taken? It takes us unto His grace. Now now that's, 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 that's something that really I hope that you can understand today. And, and today, really, this, if you miss anything else in the class today, I hope that you're able to get this. Uh, that, that where you're going to get access to is to His grace. Folks, grace is something that has so been tossed around, that has been misused, it's been misinterpreted, and it's been, it's been uh, 
called things that it's not. It's been used in, uh, as, a, as a license for sin and, 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 and a, a, a point of miscommunication and misunderstanding so much. But I hope that you can get this. Because folks, we all know Ephesians 2.8. We know that, we're, that by grace that we're saved through faith. That this divine influence comes upon a heart and it looks to literally reflect back a repentant life that responds to the mercy and the forgiveness of God unto salvation. And folks, that, that's, that's an awesome thing. But, but that, is, that is where grace begins in our lives. It, it's the, that initial influence or that conviction or drawing of the Holy Spirit upon our hearts. That's where it begins. Now, folks, listen. If, 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 our, if we just come to grace as a place of just a, a simple beginning, we've really missed out. Now, what if, what if uh, uh, Queen Esther would have just got dressed up in the robe of righteousness or, or her, her, her robes, as it, as it talks about, uh, uh, what's it say, her, her royal robes in, in Esther five uh, one? And just stood on the outside. You know, she, she would have been recognized as the queen by other parties. But she would have never came to that place of, of intimacy and, and having the scepter come and, and, and be extended to her that she could touch it and, and get the answer that she needed that was very critical. Folks, listen. We, we, we're clothed with the robe of righteousness, with our royal robes at the time of salvation. But listen, that's, that's just the starting point that he wants to bring us in relationship to grace. That's just, if I could call it so much, just, that's just the edge of grace. That's just the outer influence of grace upon our heart. And if the outer influence is so powerful and so perfect and, and, and so splendid and so glorious and drawing us to that place, what did make you want to come and just envelop yourself in that? Now, folks, listen, that you can only get that as we come to a greater understanding of the element of grace, the place of grace, and the requirements of coming into that, that, that throne unto grace through faith. And that's, that's awesome, but it's, it's got to go further. And so we know that in the midst of, 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 of all of that, that, that we were prior to salvation, that we were lost and without hope, and there was amazing grace that had pursued us with a passion. We, we know that. We, we, we understand that. That He pursued us. It was a passionate type of grace. And in Romans 5.20 says, We're sin abounded. What? Grace did much more abound. It kept pursuing. But folks, this influence was not only designed to get you saved, but it was designed to totally and completely change and transform and empower you for the kingdom of God. I want to say that again. Grace was not just designed to get you saved, but the grace of God that is administrated through the blood of Jesus and facilitated and acquired through faith in Him was not just to get you saved, but it was to completely change you, it was to completely transform you, it was to completely empower you, it was to give you complete victory, complete strength. That's what the grace of God was. Now, I want to say this, and you write this down because I believe this is, may give you some, some understanding inside of it. Grace is not the place where sin is covered. I want to say that again. Grace is not the place where sin is merely covered. Grace is not the place where sin is merely covered. But grace is the place where Christ is discovered. I want to say that again. Grace is not the place where sin is merely covered, but grace is the place where Christ is discovered. Folks, listen, if grace, if all grace is to us, is a, is a, a means, is some unmerited favor that just kind of covers our sin and keeps us from going to hell and it enables us to, to not feel so guilty or shameful and in grace we can say it's sufficient and all these other things and not understand it. Folks, listen, it's, it's not just merely to cover our sins. 
But it's a place that is going to bring us to a great discovery of Christ Jesus. It's going to bring us to a revelation of Him. It's going to bring us to a, re- a realization of who He is and what He has done and what He desires for our life. And so I want us to read our verse again. Romans 5, 2. For by whom we also have access by faith unto His grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have access into that place of grace that we have, uh, that we're able to stand and rejoice in that place of of, 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 of of the glory of God, in that place of hope for the glory of God. Hebrews four fourteen through sixteen. Let me read something to you. Here's what he said. Hebrews four fourteen through sixteen. He says, "Seeing then that you have a great high priest." And, and folks, I love I love studying Hebrews and Romans together as well. There's a lot of books that really tie in. Galatians is another one that works real good when you're studying the book of Romans. Probably so because the the, the, the epistles were all written by Paul the Apostle. And so you see that, that harmony within these things. All, of, all the books, obviously 66 books of the Scripture work in total harmony. But there's a lot of understanding you can get because of the language of those books and how he kind of points to certain things. But we, we studied in, in Romans 3.25 about that great propitiation. So when you, when you understand that in a lot of what we bring out, we bring to set you up to bring you an understanding for further things. And so you understand the concept of that high priest. Now listen to this. Seeing that we have a great high priest, that administrator of that propitiation we, we studied in Romans 3.25, that is passed into the heavens, which is Jesus, the Son of God, he said, let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold to that place. Let us grab hold of that place. Let us get to that, that, that place of abiding. He said, for we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted just like we are, yet he was without sin. Now verse 16, here's the, the key verse that we're talking about out of Romans 5.2. Let us therefore come boldly. How do we come? We come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Because we have a high priest who has made access, because we have the one that is extended through, through the blood of Jesus, he's extended his scepter to us, he's invited us to sin, that, that, that we have access by, by, by faith into his grace, into that throne room of mercy. Now we can come boldly. How do we come? Do we come wavering? Do we come fearful? No, we come boldly under that throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in our time of need. Folks, we know that the Word of God tells us that it's the wicked that flee when no one is in pursuit, but that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Now, folks, we, we understood and we, we, we determined, and we, we've seen it over and over again in the book of Romans, that, that our righteousness, that our justification, that our sanctification, that our salvation... Uh, that all those things are obtained through the blood of Jesus. That, that we, are, we are called righteous before Him. We are the righteousness of God revealed by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so when the Word tells us that the wicked flee when no one is in pursuit, what does it tell you? It tells you that, 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 then it goes on to tell you that the righteous are as bold as the lion. Folks, our boldness is not based upon our personality. And, and so what, that's what slipped up. You see all these charismatic personality tests and all these other things designed to, to pigeonhole you or define who you are. Listen, your boldness or your ability to be bold in whatever area that is, whether it's preaching the gospel, whether it's a boldness in prayer, whether it's a boldness in faith, whether it's a boldness in certain situations, your boldness is not dependent upon you. Your, the bold, the, or that would be a self-righteous boldness, which is called pride and it's called arrogance. 
uh, uh, there's a difference between being bold and being belligerent. A boldness is always going to come out of... Uh, right. Somebody needs to hear that again. There's a difference between bold and being belligerent. And the reason I say that, I know people that do ministry that, that say what they're doing is, is, is being bold but it's belligerent. There's people that work with us in the ministry and some of them will be listening to this and they can testify to this that I've had to call them down because they, they were so hell-bent on being right that they forgot to be righteous. And, 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 and you, can, you, can be, uh, you can be righteous. If you're righteous, you're always right. But you can be right and not be righteous. Because there's, there's certain truths that come out that does not cause righteousness to be d- d- delivered onto the scene. But, so you can go out and you can, you can waylay people and you can do all these things in, 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 a, in an attempt to be right rather than to produce righteousness and salvation in someone's life. And I've had to, I've had to rebuke people that are, that are under this ministry and say, listen, that's not boldness, that's belligerence. Because you're not producing righteousness. Your, your goal is not that. Your goal is to prove a point. Your goal is to shout down the homosexual. Your, your goal was to, to beat them over the head. Your goal wasn't to say that that person is lost and without hope. I am like a rescue ship in, in a harbor where people are being beat to death by the uh, by the, the the rocks of hell. The people are being dragged into the abyss. Now, does it does sometimes have to be stern? Does sometimes absolutely. But folks, there's a difference between being bold, being stern, uh, being forthright, and being belligerent. And so. Uh, the wicked flee when no one pursues. They may be belligerent, but that don't necessarily mean they're, they're bold. But there's something that comes out of righteousness, coming out of being clothed in our royal garments, the royal, the royal garments of salvation, and it presents a boldness to us. And so people, people think, man, you sure are cocky. No, I'm not cocky. I'm bold in what I believe in Christ Jesus. I know that I have access. I believe that if I preach the gospel to a lost person, that there is righteousness in that message. Not in what I do, not in my technique, not not in, in, in my methodology, but that word was sent to seek and to save that which was lost. It was sent to transform lives. It, it was seek to, to, to change hearts. It was it was see, uh, 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 sent to, 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 to bring them access to the, to the power of God. It was it was uh, sent to do something powerful into their lives. And so, folks, that's the boldness that, that emanates from a child of God. And so, that's that word that comes out of our, our, our mouth. I was standing in the middle of Bourbon Street one night, folks, witnessing. And, and the voice of the Holy Spirit came upon me with, with that passage of Scripture out of Isaiah 55.11 where it says, So my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish that uh, which I please and it will prosper in the things which I send it to do. And as I was standing there and the Lord gave me that Isaiah 55.11, He told me, He said, I sent my word to seek and to save the, which was lost. He said, that's what I sent it to do. He said, what are you sending it to do? And I thought to myself, God, I don't know what I'm sending to do. Am I sending it with the, with the boldness of righteousness? Now, folks, that's the boldness that I'm talking about, that we can have boldness into that throne room of, uh, and have access into that throne room of grace and mercy to obtain, uh, uh, to find grace and help in our time of need. And so, when we come to that place of boldness, we can come and we can come with a boldness and an expectancy. That boldness ought to always produce an expectancy that God is going to hear me. God is, is going to uh, incline His ear. God is going to answer me because of His great love for me. And because not based upon my frailty, not based upon my own experience, not based upon what I've done to, to jump through hoops to, to please Him or to impress Him, but I'm coming and I have access because I'm bold in the Lord. Why? Because He has called me righteous. 
Folks, it's Jesus who has called you righteous. Not your church membership, not your bumper sticker, not your Christian t-shirt, not your uh, association with, a, with a, an, a ministry or an affiliation with an organization. What has declared you righteous is the blood of Jesus through repentance and faith towards God that you can come boldly and you have access, that you have an unimpeded way to go unto that throne room of grace and mercy to find help in time of need. I want to talk to you about two aspects of grace for just a moment this morning. Number one, the first aspect of grace I want to talk to you about is probably the most familiar. And it's what we mentioned just now in Ephesians 2.8. It's that grace that comes to every person in an attempt to, to, to influence, convict, or to draw them to Christ through faith. It's that, it's that every place that people go, God is convicting, God is drawing. That's the grace that's available to every lost person. It's the grace that found us initially. It's the grace that the reason we, we love Him is because He loved, first loved us. He loved us enough to send His grace to influence us to do that. So that's that, that, that grace that initially comes upon us to draw us to Christ through faith. And it will either reflect salvation and forgiveness on behalf of those that repent and, and receive Jesus through faith, or it will reflect and testify judgment upon those who reject the free gift of salvation. And so that's what that initial uh, uh, grace does. And I call it saving grace. Saving grace is sent out to influence you to come unto Him, to, to get that access, to come to that place of knowing Him. The second uh, aspect of grace serves literally to take us beyond that initial experience and instead serves to bring us to a place of abiding and a place of transformation and a place of empowerment. Why do you believe that, uh, that Paul the, the Apostle, that God spoke to him and he told him, listen, my grace is sufficient for them. Because Paul went to him and he said, you know Lord, I went to you three times. And I said, God, take this thing from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Folks, listen, weakness is beyond just being frail. Weakness is not about failing. What weakness is, is coming to that place of understanding that, listen, apart from Jesus, that we can do nothing. Apart from faith, that we don't have any ability. That regardless of our gifts, regardless of our talents, regardless of our education, regardless of, of what we know, our intellect, or, our, or anything about us, apart from those things, that we are weak, that we are frail, that we are unable to do anything that God has for us. And so, what God is giving us is He has taken us beyond the saving grace it is what I'm calling and, and really what's happened I want to say this first the grace message for the most part has probably fallen flat in recent years within the church because it comes up short and it doesn't continue into that place of grace that God desires to draw us to it stops at a saving grace and it, it never comes to the place that I want to talk about just for a minute as we, we're going to, about to get ready to close out and it's that throne room grace and here's what he said he says let us come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain help and find mercy to find help in our time of need. That we might find grace to help in our time of need. Now listen to this one word. He said, let's come boldly to that throne of grace that we may obtain. Folks, listen. You don't come to, to grace just to, just, just to get into the kingdom. You come, to, you come to that throne of grace in order to obtain something. That, that the word obtain in the Greek is, is lambano, and it means to achieve or to, to attain. It means it expresses the idea of catching a hold of something and, and seizing it for oneself and to, to reaping the, the benefits of, of those type of things. And so, folks, when, when we come boldly to that throne room of grace and mercy, there, there's something that He wants us to do. He wants us to obtain mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall... Receive mercy. Folks, you know what mercy is? You know, we think mercy is just letting somebody off the hook. Mercy, mercy to a hungry person is something to eat. 
Mercy to a person that, that's out in the cold is a warm place to be. Mercy to a place that needs, that the person in deliverance, that, that is held captive by the adversary is deliverance. Mercy to someone that, that needs provision is, is resources. Folks, there's that, that abiding. That's that achievement. That's the attaining. What mercy is to you and I is, is whatever we need. It's the benefits of that. And so, blessed are the merciful. I was praying one time as a pastor in Texas and the Lord spoke to me. And He said, on the day of judgment, would you be willing only to receive as much mercy from me as you've given to other people? And I immediately had to say, absolutely not, Lord God. I know that I'm going to need a lot of mercy on that day. And so as we give out mercy, as we demonstrate those times, but how do we understand what mercy is? By coming to the throne room of grace that we may obtain mercy. Folks, you and I need mercy. We need the mercy of God to be resident in our life. We need it to transform our lives that we might invest mercy into other people. That way when we stand before Him at that, that final judgment, that mercy will be visited upon us. That you might find, uh, obtain mercy and find that grace. That you'll find the source of grace. That you'll no longer be on the, the peripheral edges. You'll never be on the, the outside parameters of grace. But instead of just being influenced, that, that you'll find the source of that influence. Folks, that's what we need. We need to cease from just looking for the effects of the influence of grace. And we need to come to that place of realizing and abiding in the presence and the source of that grace and to find help in our time of need. Now, folks, I want to read something else. I'm going to close. He said, and rejoice in... in, in actually, you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to close right there because there's, there's too much for me to cover in that next point that I was going to speak of. And so we're going to obtain that, that hope and obtain that help in our time of need. And tomorrow we're going to jump into to verse 3. And, but I want, I want to say one, one thing uh, about that. God has got such a glorious hope for us. First Peter uh, 1.8 He says that we have a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Folks, I want you to just know today that God has got a place for you in the throne room of grace. That He wants to bring a hope from you. Not just a, a, a hope that, that does not present itself, but literally a, a hope that causes you to abide in a hope, a state of mind of hope. That you rest in the hope of glory. That you rest in the hope of God. That you rest in, 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 a, in, a, in a faith-filled hope. That you said, you know what, man, God, I've got a boldness that I have access to you at any time. That you're going you're gonna to minister that because I have access. It's unabated because you've clothed me with the throne of righteousness in Jesus' name. We thank you today for joining us. We are out of time today. But folks, I appreciate you being here for the Raven Nation. Uh, if, you, if you came in late, we're here every day from 9 until 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we, we have these. We record them live. They'll be available on our website, www.biggrace.com. www.biggrace.com. Uh, and uh, you can go on to, to Raven Institute and click on that, and, and we'll be there. Folks, i got one bit of advice you today as we close out this portion of the program. Get into God's Word, and God's Word will get into you. Have a great day.